you. Thanks, really good to see you. Hello from me as well. Some people think that football is a matter of life and death. I assure you, this is Bill Shankly, by the way, not me, legendary Liverpool football club manager, if you're into all that kind of thing. I assure you, he said, it's much more serious than that. <laughs> but I tell you, baptism is a matter of death and life. And there's nothing more serious than that. In a little while, we're going to go over to the dining hall, which is a bit of a strange concept, because some of those getting baptised go to this school, and tomorrow they might be eating their lunch there. And, but today, we've got a, a smallish, well, a person-sized pool, so deep, deep enough, and we're going to plunge six lovely people into the water. And we're one at a time, by the way, one at a time, don't worry. And we're going to hold them, not for long, not for long, not for long, no. And then we're going to draw them out of the water again. Now, we often, don't we, associate baptism with being washed, being washed of our sins, perhaps. But I would like to tell you that baptism is primarily, although it is all about washing of sin, it's primarily about death and life. Thank you, I've got some volume. And so rather than today being like a bathroom scene, which would be unfortunate, anyway, this is more like a graveyard and a maternity unit all at once. All right? You've got that scene in your mind. There's a lot going on in one small baptism. There's a Bible passage that talks about Christians, it should come up behind me, as those who have been brought from death to life. That's who Christians are. And that explains, earlier in that passage, is what baptism is representative of. And I've got four ways in a minute each, roughly, um, where baptism is a picture of that. Or rather, a drama is a bit of theatre of death and life. Firstly, Jesus. Baptism helps us to look back on the life of Jesus. Don't you know, it says earlier in that Bible passage, that all of us who were baptised into Christ Jesus were baptised into his death? Did you know that? Well, if you didn't, you do now. It was there. We've got the question. It's rhetorical. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. See, Christianity is all about an historic event of a guy, a builder bloke, called Jesus from Nazareth some 2,000 years ago, being sentenced to death by crucifixion for crimes he did not commit, for dying on that cross, for being buried in a donated tomb, only to be risen to life again a couple of days later and to be alive today and now. Amen. Hallelujah. That's right. There's the moment. Well, it's in the notes. Well done. Did you, did you read these before? Did you? Well done. Very good. Now, either that's true and baptism means something, or it's false and these six people are just getting wet. That's the reality. And if you've never looked at the evidence of Jesus' death and resurrection, I suggest you do. Because there's ample evidence for it. There's a lot of detail, a lot of accounts you can go to, to weigh it up. That's what the Alpha Course is all about, that Quincy talked about. And if you can't wait till January, 
Or if you're not from this area, there'll be an Alpha course somewhere near you where you can go check out that evidence. Because if it's that important as a matter of death or life, it warrants a bit of attention, I suggest. But even if you can't wait, and you can't go somewhere else, this Thursday we've got a session just looking. Thursday evening we're just going to look at some of the claims of Jesus. Now you'll notice, going back to our Bible verse here, that the word into appears quite often. And the Bible actually often refers to Christians as those who are in Christ. Yeah? Have you noticed that? Now, each of these six are now so closely associated with Jesus, so connected and united are they to him, it's like they're in Jesus. It's a bit of a concept, isn't it? We often think about Christians as those where Jesus has come inside of them by his spirit. That is true. But it's also true that as Christians, we come into and are found in Jesus Christ. It's a funny concept. Get our heads around it. It's a bit like Russian dolls. Yeah? The little one goes inside, the bigger one goes inside the big one. Yeah? It's a bit like that. It's a bit like a kangaroo with his little joey, or her little joey. I don't know, who carries a joey? Anyway, yeah, the joey's in a bit like that. It's a bit like Noah and his family and the pairs of animals, 2 by 2 and all that. I know 2 by 2 is what they built it with, right? 2 by 2 as they went across the waters, safe in the yard. It's a bit like that. And so while separated by 2,000 years and 2,000 miles from the event that we're talking about, when Jesus died, these six died in him. And when Jesus was buried, that's just me doing the kind of impression of somebody going under the water. Yeah, it's not very good, is it? Um, you get the idea. They were buried with him. And so when Jesus came back to life, they came to life in him too. Do you see? That's how it works. Picture number two, faith. Baptism helps us to look back at the moment each of these beautiful people put their faith in Jesus. Another Bible verse says this. When you were baptised, you were buried with Christ. Got that? Yeah, we just read that. And you were raised up with him. Got that as well. Got it. But how? Through your faith in God's power that was shown when he raised Christ from the dead. Through Your faith in God's power. You see, being a Christian is a passive thing. Jesus does everything because we can do nothing. We can do nothing to earn God's favour. No amount of attendance records, no amounts of awards for good behaviour, no catalogue of kindnesses will ever earn God's favour. Even the obedience of being baptised is not something that's going to earn you favour with God. And there's nothing we can do. It's like hair, isn't it? <sighs> I remember those days. It's nothing, there's nothing you can do to right your wrongs. Nothing. There's nothing you can do to requalify yourself for heaven. But to receive the benefits of Jesus' death and resurrection, such as forgiveness of sins, such as adoption into God's family, such as a new life and eternal life, there's one thing you must do. Believe. Believe in the power of God, as demonstrated, by the way, in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There's something tangible to believe in. It's not just a fanciful faith, this. It's, It's faith in something in the power of God in the resurrection. 
And each of these six people have already shown us evidence that they've done that. We've seen something of the new life of God in them. We've heard them talk about their faith in the resurrection and in Jesus. And in a minute, you're going to get to hear some of them. And you may hear, too, the evidence that something has occurred in their life through this. But whether or not they share, or some of them are, some of them aren't, it doesn't really matter. When they get into the water, they're going to be asked a simple question like this. Something along these lines. Do you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ rose from the dead? And do you declare him to be your Lord? And they'll say, yes, yes. Because they've already said yes. It's just an echo today of the faith they've already placed in him. Thirdly, future. Baptism also helps us to look forward to their future. I'll keep pointing over there because a lot of them are over there. But you might be over there, I don't know. Their future, death and life. The Bible is blunt when it says this. If all we get out of Christ is a little inspiration for a few short years, we're a pretty sad and sorry lot, us Christians. It's pretty blunt, isn't it? But the truth is that Jesus Christ has been raised up, the first in a long legacy of those who are going to leave the cemeteries. I like the way the message puts that. So Colin Blakemore, the former chief executive of the British Medical Research Council, has recently said that even with all the medical and technological advances, 120 years might be a real absolute to human lifespan. You've heard it. That's the theory. That's the thought, the conclusion of the medics and and those in technology. So whilst there may be more scientific progress, more accessible for more of us, we cannot put our trust in medicine and technology for eternal life. Is there life after death? You might wonder. How do we know unless someone comes back to tell us? You might argue. Well, there is life after death because Jesus did come back and he has told us. And for those who put their trust in Jesus, the life after death will be the dream, not the nightmare made reality. But not only that, the good news is even better than that. There is also life after life after death. Hallelujah, that's what we're celebrating this morning. There'll be a time when those who put their trust in Christ will receive a new, indestructible, eternal, glorious body. I'm looking forward to mine. Something, I don't need it, but I think I do. I know. To enjoy, because we need to enjoy the new heaven and the new earth that Jesus is preparing for those who are in him. I'm going to be there, and I trust you will too if you put your faith in him. A place where there'll be no sin, there'll be no Satan, there'll be no suffering, there'll be no sadness. We've been singing about it this morning. And fourthly, the present. Finally, to those who are getting baptised today, your baptism will be a landmark moment that you can look back on for the rest of this life. And now you are married. Doing a bit of a Ross there, I know. Married, so to speak, to the one who rose from the dead, that's Jesus, so that you can produce good fruit, that is, good deeds for God, Romans 7. You see, because you died with Christ, you're no longer under the overbearing, nitpicking husband of the law. I know the Bible's using funny marriage-type metaphors here. For you young people, it may be a bit, you know, I'm not sure what this is all about. But you see, it takes a death to nullify marriage, according to God. And you have died in Christ. So you're no longer married and stuck with the law telling you what you should be doing. 
You're now under grace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You belong to him. And nothing can sever it. So that you can be different. And you can leave behind you your old way of life. And you can leave behind you your old thinking and patterns. And become more and more like Jesus in his character. And become and do the things that will glorify God with your life. So remember today, it will teach you. It will teach you and remind you that you are dead and you are alive and able to live for Christ. So let me assure you, everyone, baptism is a matter of death and life. And there's nothing more serious than that. Thank you.